This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Off the ball on News Talk 106 to 108. All right, it is time now for Thursday Night Football with John Giles. As always, you can get in touch with John. You can send a text into us on 53106. We'll get through some questions a little bit later on in the hour. John, thanks very much for coming into us Thank tonight. you, Owen. No you're, bother. You're uh, impressed. Were you, can I ask you, were you genuinely shocked by Celtic's win last night? I didn't fancy them at all, Owen. I tipped a 3-0 win for Barcelona. I thought it might have been a bit easier for Barcelona away from home uh, with Celtic maybe having a go at them more than they did in, in Barcelona, but it didn't prove to be the case. They were, they were, they were really, really good last night, Celtic. Yeah. What what did they do? What did Celtic bring to the table that so many on paper better teams haven't been able to do against Barca? Well, I think they 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 played Barcelona in the right way, which is I think your best chance is to drop off against them and to to uh, you know defend it like say twenty five thirty yards from your own goal. Now it takes a bit of doing because you got the likes of Messi who's so good in yesterday at close quarters. It's hard to stop it, so it needs a lot of discipline to go at runners. Uh, you don't. Uh, don't give any silly fouls away. If you look at last night, the stats were that they didn't have one yellow card, Celtic, which takes a bit of doing against uh, Barcelona because people lads get tired doing what they were doing. They get frustrated. They trip somebody up. They do something silly. They didn't do any of that last night, Celtic. They were very good. They're disciplined. If somebody went on a run, Barcelona played to track them down. And it's very difficult to do for 90 minutes on, mm. you know, physically and mentally, to keep your concentration. And what I was surprised about was, was the fitness levels that they actually got a little bit tired at the end, but not enough for Barcelona to be able to take advantage of them. Yeah. So there was a good discipline about them. Uh, and when they do, when you see a team doing what Celtic do, and you think, well, there's no, there's no big deal in that. But the team losing their discipline, fella losing his head, we've seen it so many times. Somebody lets somebody go, they get a bit tired, they don't want to do it. Uh, and there was none of, they couldn't afford to be anything against that, to, 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 to beat Barcelona. You have to do everything right in that defensive way. And of course, I think Neil uh, Lennon talking afterwards said, it, not that not they're taking the genius to, to identify the weakness, Barcelona, from free kicks and corner kicks. Mm. I mean, the, the, the corner kick for uh, Celtic was, was outrageous from Barcelona's point of view. I mean, Alba was the fullback, was challenging, you know, the, 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 the lad had scored. Yeah. And he was, what, like, like two feet bigger than him, you know, because like the, the, they're not good. I mean, if you look at the back four for defending Barcelona, it's as if, well, that's not going to happen. We're not going to get free kicks against us. And and like you, I, I was trying to make the point last night. They said you're not the best team in the world if you if you concede goals like that. Mm-hmm. Now when PK and Puel is playing, then they have a chance because they can go and defend those. But last night, and I think Neil Lennon said it afterwards. Well, we identified there could be a weakness there. If Alba's at the far post, there's no chance of competing, and that's what they did. But their discipline was great. Is that in? Is that where maybe the home fans come into it? The atmosphere looked great. I I did see a question being posed on one of the other TV stations last night about whether or not that intimidated Barcelona. I'm sure it didn't. They played everywhere. No. But uh, does it? Does that kind of thing help when you're talking about concentration and discipline, and the crowd are so behind you? Does that maybe just give you the boost so you're constantly on edge? And that, it, it, yeah, aids well, you? I think first of all, when you know you when you're playing Barcelona, uh, uh, on you know you're going to be on edge anyway. But the good thing about that, they did it in Barcelona as well. Slipped up in the last minute. Mm. Concentration. I think Forrest came on. His concentration wasn't good. And they lost. But last night, the, the, I think what was what was good for Celtic helped them is that the crowd uh, acknowledged that Barcelona were going to have the ball most of the time. Mm. If Barcelona didn't have the reputation they have, the home crowd said, "What's going on here? <laughs> we're the home team, and we don't have the ball." And what was also very very good for them is that they took a fairly early lead. 
so it gave them something to hang on to. So the crowd knew this is a big achievement. If you beat Barcelona, no matter what way you do it, it's a big, big achievement. And then they got the second goal, of course, as we know. But I think they were going to the game realising that this is the way Celtic would have to play. If they played, say, uh, an English team in it and they gave con- uh, away pos- the possession or conceded so much ground, the, the home crowd would probably get a bit agitated. I said, what are we doing? We're playing at home. But when it was Barcelona, everybody knows what Barcelona's like. And I think it was accepted before the match that Barcelona were going to have the ball most of the time and if we can, as, as I'm talking about Celtic now, can hold them and uh, frustrate them, that's the way to do it. And I think with the getting the early goal, the crowd obviously went along with that. How much of that performance are you putting down to Neil Lennon's management? Does it look like he's coming along and knows exactly what he's doing? Well, he certainly know, knew what he was doing in the last two matches. On, and to, to get the players to have that discipline, uh, technical uh, abilities also and tracking people down, somebody had to do it. You know, somebody had to do it. And he's the manager. Mm. So he is responsible for it. Whether he got somebody to do it or he did it himself, it doesn't matter. The fact is, he's the manager and he got it done. I I, I think he did it himself. Because mm. uh, I think he, he was he would have given credit to somebody last night after the match had somebody decided this is what we're going to do. I think, like, I think his relationship, I think his player uh, management relationship is good. You know, like, even when all these troubles... He, he always seemed to have the players on his side. Mm. Now he's enthusiastic as he's jumping around and that, and uh, that, that's like it's a good thing at times to be able to do that and have that relationship with the players. He's like a fellow player, uh, but I would say he was responsible for it and he has had a good relationship. I mean, if I had any criticism of Neil Lennon, it was it was it was his aftermatch antics uh, that I thought weren't becoming of a Celtic. Manager, yeah. Now he's, I think his attitude after the match was very, very good. So he's, he's he's quite he's very young as a manager. So he might be learning that as well. He's so bound up with the club. You can see how yes. much he cares about it. In general, in football, have you found is that a good thing or a bad thing for a manager? I think it's a great thing. Right. I think it's a great thing as long as it's controlled uh, in the right way. Like to have that relationship with the players, and then be and then sometimes for a young man it's hard, it's difficult because he. Like I saw him there when Celtic won, and whether it be our Ibrox, and he's down with the players celebrating, and and certainly antagonizing. Where he was in a lot of trouble with um, the Celtic, uh, the, sorry, the, the Rangers manager last year. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Ali McCoyst. Ali, Ali, Ali McCoyst, and you know, like it wasn't right. You know, it was it was too it was too explosive uh, for a Celtic manager to do some of the things that he did. But last night he was very controlled. He had his relationship with the players, as we saw, and he was in. After the match, I think when he plays against Rangers, particularly, as soon as the match is over, I think he should go into the dressing room. I don't think he should be down with the players celebrating at that end or doing that with his ears coming off the pitch, you know. And I think he's probably, he, hopefully, he's learned from that. But certainly, his relationship with the players seems to be very, very good. And certainly, his management of the team on the pitch in the way in which they played, somebody had to do it, and I think he did it. Might they be benefiting from Rangers not being around anymore? In that maybe they. Assume they're probably going to win the league title this year, and I know they're only uh, it's goal difference at the moment, but maybe they can have a little bit more leeway to concentrate on Europe. I don't think so. Oh, no, 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 no. I think you need a competitive edge to concentrate on Europe. And what was very good about them last night, they had a few injuries, you know. And and like mostly managers say, well, we'll save our players on the Saturday or the Sunday whenever they're playing for the Champions League on Wednesday. He couldn't do that. Mm. You know, as we know, he, he, like his players, players injured, and that, well, that was what was very, very good about it. There was a lot of players coming into that side that haven't been like he's one of t- really three, probably three players missing last night that would be regular members of the team. 
So it was it was a huge um, it was, and what was what looked on. I think I'm going to repeat myself. It the fitness level of Celtic were very very good. You know, to stay like I know from playing, I, I never actually played against Barcelona team given that much possession away. But when you don't have the ball in football, it's hard work, mm. and to keep that for ninety minutes, which they almost ninety minutes, which they had to do, it takes it, it mental and physically. It's very very, uh, it's it's very very. Uh, tiring yeah. in that and they stuck at it and stuck at it well Lennon made the point afterwards in another interview that once the second goal as soon as the second goal went in he said he turned to Johan Mialbi's assistant and he said it might be a draw here <laughs> I, I, I don't know <laughs> if he was joking or not but he he, lo- he was looking at thinking six minutes normal time plus say three or four there's ten minutes here and he, he could see his players were pretty much out in their feet by that stage yeah. it was just courage and adrenaline getting them through really. I'd say that was a joke yeah I think it, it like it, it would be known in football if you go two up with six minutes, we said we should get a draw. Right, you, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm taking him taking him too, too yeah, seriously. Like at least, here, at least yeah. we got a draw of it, you know. We're we're looking good for a draw. <laughs> now he'd now he'd be very disappointed if he if hadn't uh, if, if he if he even drew uh, from that that position of six minutes to go. Niall says, "Let's can you ask John to explain Celtic's recent poor form in the SPL versus how well they're doing in the Champions League?" Well, you know, football is we talk about all, all sports. Are, there's an awful lot of mental approach to it and I don't know the, the Celtic players but what I would assume is that before the season started everybody said give the league to Celtic mm. so you mentioned before early on about Bar- there's a fear factor and there's nothing better in football than the fear factor and you can't contrive it you're either scared of, not, I don't mean scared of the other, but up for it because you know if you're not on your top, top of your game these guys are going to give you hiding right now I think what's happened to Celtic before the season started in the, in the domestic league was we're going to win it anyway. Mm. I don't think they'd have that fear factor that didn't have last night. That's why you see teams, oh, we were up for it. Yeah. You know, we were up for it. Uh, you go back to the old, uh, uh, the, 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 the guys, that, the upset guys, what do you call them? The cousin upset. The, the joint killers? The joint killers. Yeah. You know, I never liked joint killers <laughs> <laughs> because if a joint killer it played with the same attitude every week in their own league as they did when they come up against the top teams, they wouldn't be bottom of their league. They'd be top. In other words, it's a question of approach week in and week mm. out. And what the champions do, the real champions, is to have the same approach week in and week out. They get themselves up for a game, whether it's the bottom of the league, top of the league. That's what keeps them. That's why they have the consistency. Where some teams say, well, no, no, well it's not. The, we're top team. Oh, we've got to get ourselves up for it. And I, 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 I would think with Celtic, that's, I'd say that's an element of why they haven't been doing quite as well as they expect. In other words, they say, Rangers gone. They're going to win it by 20 points. Mm. Right. So they go out and they don't have that fear factor yeah. that they'd have last night. I I played a match like Barcelona last night, and you're really frightened of, you know. Now I don't mean shaky, shaky, but frightened professionally that you know you have to be up for this game. And what what you have to try and do is get like that for every game. But you have to what the real champions is they contrive a situation, they do whatever they have to get that fear factor into their game. John Manchester United got a victory. Robin van Persie got them back into it. Rooney scored his penalty just about. Yeah. Uh, myself and Ken were speaking about it earlier on and thinking Rooney or van Persie might have been the more logical person to take that penalty. But Ken was making the point that if you're Wayne Rooney, you're not going to be looking at this new strikers come into the club, handing him the ball to go and win the match for you. Do you think that there is a danger that maybe from Rooney's point of view, van Persie is starting to overshadow him a little bit? Well, he shouldn't. Mm. Shouldn't, Don. Uh, you know, what, 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 there's, there's a well-known thing in football too. That the, the better the players you play with, the better the player you are. There's no doubt about that. You know, if you're playing with top-class players, I was very lucky. I played with top-class players uh, with Manchester United and at least, particularly Leeds, for 12 years. And I can tell you, it's a lot easier 
to play with good players than it is with poorer players. And I've never seen... What, the great players are never overshadowed by somebody else. There's plenty of room on the pitch for great players mm. to play great. There's not all... You can't say, well, he's doing it or he's doing it. You know, if you look at the great players over the years, they, they, they combine with each other and they help each other. And it's some, somebody's trying to score two goals this week and somebody's going to turn two goals. That's the way they are. Mm. Great players don't compete uh, for to, to be uh, a headliner. You know, they get on with the job and they, they, they create their own headlines. Do they not, though? Is there not an ego part to it where you look at it and you win a match, say, 2-0, but if you're Wayne Rooney and Robin Van Persie has scored both the goals rather than you, Wayne Rooney, are you... No. Secretly, you're not a little bit. No, no, because you, you, if, you, if you if you look at uh, some of the goals this year, some of the goals I've seen Van Persie score, been down to Rooney making them. Mm. You know, there was a couple of crosses. It wasn't there, like I can't remember the matches, but there was a few crosses that Rooney did. That's that's what you do. I've never seen the uh, see great players. What, what, what a part of being a great player is to reduce your ego to zero, right, for the benefit of the team. Right, and it'll be Van Persie this week. It'll be Rooney next week. That's it's well shared around. There's plenty of room for everybody on. Mm. You know, there's plenty of room on the pitch in a match for everybody to be great. Yeah. Now I know what you're saying. You get a match winner. You know, somebody. But this, I've never seen the jealousy in that. It certainly. It seemed that when Ronaldo was at Manchester United, Rooney very much was having to, as you say, yes. maybe park the ego. But it was just maybe in the last couple of years he's gotten a little bit more. He's been the main man there, so maybe that's why he would resent to a certain. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, um, if there was any resentment, resentment, it could have been against Ronaldo, Mm. because Algo Ronaldo, in my opinion, was an egomaniac. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I mean. And Rooney then had to play on the left wing and all that. But since then, since he's gone, but I don't think Rooney is that type of character. I mean, to be fair to Rooney. Uh, you know, he does play for the team. You know, I've never seen him try to show off or to get onto his teammates. I think he does play for the team, and I've seen him create a goal for Van Persie. And don't we get everybody? You have to be winning matches, on. Like, and you don't care who scores them. You know, and I, I've never, I've never felt it now playing with top class players that anybody come in after me and say, "Well, I'm, I'm a bit jealous of him. I'm competing against him." I mean, if you go back to the, the law best Charlton era at uh, Old Trafford, where these were three great players and three big names, I never saw any competition between them as to who was going to be the star man. Get on with the job. And everybody, everybody will have their turn. Oh, there's nothing sure. That if the Georgie Best knows he wasn't played, Dennis Law do it, Bobby Charlton do it. There's plenty of room. There's no, you know, it's not, it's, you're not ref- confined in a football pitch to say, well, Joe Bloggs, if he plays great, nobody else can play great. It doesn't happen that way. And, and the, the better the players, it's happened over the years. You know, going back, you know, before your time in Real Madrid, you had Puskas and Di Stefano and Hento, who were three great players. There were three great players because they do it He'd do it one week, he'd do it the next week. Sometimes they'd all do it together. But there, there was never any competition as to who was the headliner. We are going to take a quick break, John, at this stage, after which we'll talk a little bit about the antics of Roberto Mancini. Off the ball. Getting inside the game. On News Talk 106 to 108. Nick Faldo coming up after 8 o'clock on the programme tonight. Delighted to say we've got John Giles in studio at the moment. John, I want to ask you about Manchester City. Another meek enough performance during the week. As the drama was unfolding at the end of the game, we had Richie Sadler here in studio and he was looking at it thinking, well, we know what the post-match press conference is going to be about. It's going to be about the aftermath. And maybe that's almost deliberate for Mancini because he doesn't have to answer questions about how poor his team were. Well, well, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think what happened when managers, I sent to somebody the other day, the the, the 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 last refuge of a desperate manager is blame the referee. <laughs> and, you know, he came on the pitch, as we saw. 
And well, look, and luckily enough, the referee hasn't reported him. He'd be in serious trouble. Surprised about that that the referee didn't? I am. Because he, he, he marched from the, from the dugout. And you'll always see managers when they're under pressure, and he's obviously under pressure. Mm. You know, blame the referee. Um, and he was asked about the two goals that they conceded, which were two dreadful goals mm. from corner kicks. Uh, nothing about that. It was the referee's fault. Now, if they conceded properly from the, the corner kicks, they might have won the game. Yeah. Uh, so I always find out when managers who are under pressure, real pressure, blame the referee. These blame the referee. It takes the tension away from them, takes the spotlight off them. And to march onto the pitch like he did, uh, I mean, I think they had a couple of bad decisions that might have got, certainly might have gone their way. But, you know, if you're, if you're in the position as manager, you have to look at your own performance and say, well, what could I have done with the team Regardless of the referee, yeah. you know the referee is not every. But it's happened every week now. I must say in the Premiership, Manchester's bad result, referee's fault. That was a penalty. It wasn't a penalty, and it's as if well, you know, the, the team had played very poorly themselves, and it's a manager's fault. And the two goals they lost, you know, it was awful. So I think you should be looking at that rather than blaming the referee. Would the players be looking at what Mancini did and applauding it, saying he's coming on the field, he's no. standing up for us? No, they might think it looks a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> and they would know. He's under pressure. Yeah. I think the players among themselves would say, what way are we conceding goals? Why yeah. are we conceding goals? What way are we picking up from corner kicks? We had a bit of it last week. When was it, was, was it Richards? Uh, who, said, who said, we're playing oh, three yeah. at the back and yeah. I don't like it. I yeah. Don't like. Yeah. You know, it comes true. out that yeah, way. But you know, players know if you're doing whatever system you're doing and you're conceding goals from it, I don't agree with this. And he's definitely under, there's no doubt he's under pressure. Mm. On. I mean, if you saw last week, I don't know why we, we talked about it last week, about the two guys coming in, the, the ex-Barcelona guys. You know, he got he had trouble with Marwood and he didn't want Marwood as the director of whatever he was. <clears throat> he's, gone, he's gone into the academy. Now he's got two guys who were at Barcelona mm. and Guardiola is, <laughs> has no job at the moment. Mm. And I, I think he looks under pressure. Really? Ancini, yeah, yeah. A uh, different kind of personality, Roberto Di Matteo, uh, the Chelsea manager, doesn't seem to get too ruffled by no. anything, really. Uh, I'm interested in talking about him because Chelsea-Liverpool is the new stock sports Sunday game on Sunday afternoon. It's obviously a big one. Are you quite impressed with how Di Matteo has been handling I, himself? I think he's handled himself well on under the under under difficult circumstances. I think I don't think he's in charge of the situation, of the situation at uh, Chelsea in the way that I think a manager should. Because if you go back to when he won the Champions League last year, there was a period where he, he wasn't the manager and uh, Bramovich hadn't made up his mind uh, to, to keep him on or not. And during that period, I mean, they actually let players go and they bought players in, which which can't have been his choice because he wasn't even there. So I think what, with him, I think he's a very, very practical guy who's looking at the situation saying, I'm not in control of this and I never, I'm never going to be in control of it. But I'm accepting what's there and I'll get on with the job mm. that's what I think with me. in other words he's getting well paid he's in a good job he probably gets on well with the players I don't think he's in charge of the situation as he, as he should uh, but it's better than anywhere else so yeah. I think he's a practical guy they say okay that's not the ideal but it's the best I can do at the moment and he gets on with it yeah. so he's not like a guy that's going around angry like Mancini for example saying I'm not in charge of this I want this player and I want that player and Mancini's never going to get it either but, but he hasn't accepted it. Whereas I think Di Matteo said, because if you go back last year when he won the Cup and the Champions League and they didn't give him the job straight away. Now, a lot of players would have said, stick it. I'm off somewhere else. I'm not having that. You know, it's a blow to my pride. I've, look what I've done. I've won the Champions League, won the Cup. And, and But he didn't. And he waited and he got the job. So I think he's a practical guy who is prepared to swallow 
a lot of stuff mm. that uh, a lot of other managers in the game wouldn't. In terms of the way the team is playing, is Fernando Torres maybe, has he reached the point where he's the one thing holding that side back? Um, well, he's not doing it like he did it at Liverpool, that's for sure. He's doing a lot better than he was. Uh, but I think when you get a, a situation like Chelsea, I'm just going back a little bit on mm. Di Matteo, when you got when you got a lot of good players in, you know, like half all the battle is getting the good players in, but usually all managers have their own vision of what they want and they insist on getting it. He, but he has a lot of good players in. I'd say if they got, I think if Drogba was still playing for them, you know, instead of uh, Torres, you know, and he could do it on his own and did do it for his on his own for years, uh, they would have a lot better chance of winning things than they have. I don't think Torres is quite. Well, Drogba was an exceptionally good player, but Torres is not the player he was at Liverpool. Now, whether he ever gets back to that particular level or not, he's better than he was last year, mm. which was very bad. Uh, but whether he gets back to the, 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 the level at Liverpool, oh, if he does, then they're, they're in with a great chance. Are you doubtful that he will, though? Is getting well, he, so it's, far it's, when is he going to do it? Yeah. You know, he's, like, he's, what, 18 months now? At, uh, is he 18 months at, mm. at Chelsea? And like in some matches, you think, oh, he is, he's, he's getting it back, and then he'll do something awful. You know, like whereas Liverpool, he was knocking in goals right, left, and centre, as we know, and terrific goals. And he hasn't done that at Chelsea. I mean, he scored the other night, didn't he? But it was a, it did yeah. well. Like it was a rebound off the goalkeeper, but he slipped up doing that. But at Liverpool, he was he was clinical in his finishing, and we haven't seen that at Chelsea. Liverpool are coming into this game on the back of a defeat in Europe tonight. A, it's a shadow enough kind of a team. But what, do you rate Liverpool's chances away from home against Chelsea? No, I don't think Liverpool are a good side at the moment. Yeah. Um, Suarez aside. Well, Suarez is, is 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 a top player. We, we saw what he did. What was the last match they played there? He scored a, a, uh, one, Newcastle a, last weekend. Newcastle yeah. draw. I mean, that was a great goal he scored. Mm. Um, I mean, there's no when he's a bit of a brat at times. Suarez, there's no doubt. I mean, his behaviour last week against Moyes and all that at, at Everton was was very bad. Uh, but he can't half play. Mm. But he's the only one. He's the only striker, really striker they have. I mean, if he gets injured, they're in serious trouble. And I, I think he, again, Rodgers was let down by the by the board in, in getting players in at the start of the season but that's another day's work but I think there's a, there's a lot of ordinary players in the Liverpool team at the moment OK so you're not giving them a huge chance of I'm not gonna, I'll tell you what else. just to go back to last week the, the derby match I don't know if we spoke about it when uh, Gerard made a statement do you remember Gerard made a statement he said they're more like Stoke there's only one team playing football out there I thought Everton played better football he, than, he did uh, apologise for that the following day does that well, later on it's a bit of a PR style apology yeah, but why would he say it in the first place <laughs> you know oh, like it just wasn't true because Everton actually playing good football and I thought in the match Everton were a bit unlucky of anything uh, in the game although uh, Liverpool scored a goal near the end which looked good but um, I think he's a long way to go Rogers, with that team right, get your text in for John 53106 Off the Ball on Newstalk 106 to 108 a lot of Liverpool fans texting in here with regards to how they are at the moment. Pat Navin says, John, you say Liverpool are a poor team short of quality. What about Rodgers? Have you seen anything in them that suggests he's doing a good job? Well, nothing dramatic. On You know, he's brought a few players in. He's let a few players go. And he's not going to do it in a few months. I think it's going to take him 12 months to really... Uh, and that's with having money to spend to get it where he wants to get it. But so far, I don't think... You know, like... I just said to you off air there, you know, people talk about what well, he's got him playing a passing game, you know. Well, Liverpool always pass the ball. Uh, but I think he's a long way to go to get Liverpool to where he wants to be. How does John rate Joe Allen? I think I think he's neat and tidy, but doesn't do anything that really influences the game. Mm. I haven't seen him hit a through ball yet. Like I know, I know Rogers loves him, and Rogers says, well, he's in the, in the team to keep the ball. 
Well, you can keep the ball by going sideways and backwards and that without really, you know, producing a dramatic pass or a good pass or a telling pass. And I haven't seen... I know, I know Rodgers went bad with, mad with Alan Shearer for, for, for saying what I'm saying. I haven't seen him... I haven't seen him hit a telling, really telling pass yet. But he's neat and tidy. But, yeah. But we want, I want more than that, you know. John Rod Stewart was bawling his eyes out at Celtic Park last night. Did Leeds ever have any celebrity fans in your playing days? <laughs> I think, well, I think we had a few. It wouldn't have been as uh, as as high profile as Rod Stewart. Yeah. You know, funny enough, I never saw Rod Stewart in the few years when Celtic weren't doing anything. Oh, right. it always seems to appear funny enough at a Barcelona type. Uh, and I'm always, I, I don't really like the whole celebrity. Uh, fan it's a bit. It's a bit uh, that's a bit cruel because a lot of celebrities are genuine. But I'm always a bit suspect mm. of Rod Stewart in particular uh, when when Celtic were were doing the stuff and that and then there was lots of times when they weren't doing the stuff and he wasn't I think a lot of celebrities attached themselves to successful teams I don't often see a lot of celebrities attached to teams who are not doing well mm. What about Oasis Manchester City won the league last year and yeah, well, they, uh, the to be fair to them they, they have been gone for years I mean the City won it last year for the first time in years and years you're talking about the Gallagher brothers Yeah, but uh, no they, well, they have been gone in the bad times I have seen them there in the bad times, they might complain about City, mm. uh, but I've seen them there in the bad times, and, and a lot of years, City City had bad times <laughs> for a lot of years. So they, they deserve to, to to be seen as Manchester City supporters last year. You know, there's nobody that sticks out though from Leeds. Leeds didn't get maybe the. Um, there was a few, and I can't remember them now. Uh, That's right. If, if you think of any before you leave, <laughs> even off air, we'll we'll yeah. throw them back on air at that stage. Who does John fancy for the Scotland manager's job? Ask another listener. Well, Gordon Strachan, I, I suppose, would be would be favourite. Um, my old pal Joe Jordan is is in there, and I think Joe would be a good choice. Uh, also, he's a good, steady. Bloody, he had a spell at Hearts, doing very well at Hearts when there was a, I think, a bit of a headbanger of an owner came in and and, and uh, didn't treat him very well. Mm. So Joe would be a good, steady, experienced lad now. Gordon Strachan, Gordon Strachan, um, probably would be the the the, the most uh, high profile. Paul Mayo says, John, you say Mancini looks under pressure. Do you mean pressure from himself or do you reckon that he senses restless owners or unhappy players? I think this, I think he would sense that the owners uh, who appointed two uh, like directors of coaching last week who had been at Barcelona yeah. uh, and there's Guardiola who is available and I wouldn't be surprised if Guardiola eventually went to, to uh, City. Mm. And the way the team are playing, they're not playing well. Uh, there's a lot of seems to be a lot of discontent among the players. Uh, results are not great, so it's no surprise he's under pressure. And a manager gets the sense, does oh, he? Definitely. Something, oh, yeah. Things yeah. like that are going on around him. Yeah, yeah. He would know more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. John, maybe Rooney might deal well with a better player coming in. But what about the likes of Thierry Henry or Ronaldo or Zlatan? That's Jamie. This was the really obviously egotistical players. Um. Well, some more so than others. I think a lot of players, when they get the likes of those players in the time, put up with them, mm. you know, because they can do a lot of good. Henri was, was, I don't think, was, wasn't as egotistical on the pitch as Ronaldo was, I don't think. Uh, but you will get those type of guys, you know, who, can, who are star players, and it can be very, very effective. But I don't think Van Persie is that type of player. Yeah. I don't think Rooney is, is that type of player. 
you know so there's, there's plenty of room for them OK John we're just about out of time at this stage we are going to be talking to Nick Faldo after 8 o'clock he's got a book out called Swing for Life so yeah. if you want to learn how to get a swing for life yeah, you I'll, might, I'll, de- I'll definitely buy that book you yeah. might listen in <laughs> it's, we, a bit late, it's a bit late in my life <laughs> it, but I'll try it <laughs> uh, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin was a Wolves fan apparently and he was always there so there's another celebrity supporter we are going to have to take the 8 o'clock news thank you John for coming in tonight. thanks John Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.